Welcome to this episode of 10,000 Posts, a show about how everything is posting. Uh, it's a two-parter this time. Uh, my name is Hussein. My name is Phoebe. And because we're doing a two-parter, we did fly someone out specifically <laughs> to right. do this two-parter. Right. Uh, you know who he is. You know who he is. Uh, it's Josh Bowman. Uh, Josh, how's it going? Hey. Uh, it, yeah, how, how, how was your flight this time? It was all right. Uh, took the red eye this time around, which... Uh, might have been a tactical error. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm like the jury's out. I, w- I got in, you know, immediately was able to take the Elizabeth line over, which is very exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting. Um, got to my hotel. I was able to do an early check in. Yeah. Watched the documentary. Yeah. Took an hour long nap. You know, it was it's it's been a pretty good day for your boy so far. Actually, so you had a surprisingly easy trip into the UK, which is uh, almost unheard of. Oh, yeah. For quite a lot of people. <laughs> well, I have a US passport, so. Yeah, maybe 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 they gave you special treatment. Like they they didn't like wheel out the uh, wheel out like the border, like border security. Yeah, that, no. sort of, that sort of gives you a hard time, but isn't really going to do anything. Those to you. automated gates are something else. You just scan and go. I I, I don't. I I had a problem with an automated gate the last mm. time I came into the country because it like bec- so I took off my glasses and it didn't recognize that it was me. Oh. But also it's because in my past my passport photo is so bad, but it doesn't really look like me either. And so I had to sort of explain this to a very bored, like one of those e-gatekeepers that I think they feel like their job is very much like working, you know, um, in a supermarket, uh, the people who sort of, you know, put the little key, the key tab on the uh, self-checkout yeah, when, yeah, yeah. when you're trying to buy like paracetamol or something. Or Red Bull? They don't let you buy a Red Bull unless you're 18 in this fucking country? <laughs> Whose idea was that? As a real American, I cannot tolerate that. I'm sorry. That's just, that's upsetting to me. Yeah, the, the sort of inner, the inner libertarian is coming out. You should be allowed to go into any store and buy a Red Bull and a gun. No, my fucking Yankee-coded yeah. behavior. I'm just like, and yes, exactly. Like, where where, um, where do I get my AR? So congratulations for getting an easy trip into the UK. Thank you for uh, your support. It's a, it's a big, it's a, it's a big achievement. Uh, so how, how, how are you doing? How are you feeling today? Uh, you, I did say uh, that you co- every time you come here, you sort of just get dragged on all our podcasts. Yeah, I mean, so. you know, it's <laughs> it, it's it's enjoyable. It's enjoyable to do because also I have dragged you two onto our podcast in the past. So you know, it's it feels it feels nice. <laughs> it feels synergistic. I, I don't know why I'm talking like I'm doing a business podcast. This is a business podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, about, it's a business mindset. We're, doing, we're doing deals. Well, it's it's kind of, it's kind of related to it's kind of related to what we're talking about uh, talking about today, um, and uh, which is to say that uh, we we watch we watch some TV with you. We watch a documentary mm. with you. Uh, this was a series that Phoebe actually recommended. It's called The Greatest Show Never Made. Uh, we're going to talk about episode one in this episode but if you want to listen to uh us riff on episodes two and three you can do that in the bonus which you have to subscribe which you can subscribe to uh and also just as a plug we have a patreon five bucks a month to help us support the show help us do this without ads and to keep it editorially independent none of us have to take like side jobs as clowns if you sub- if you sub- <laughs> support us uh so yeah uh, unlike, unlike somebody <laughs> in this show yeah uh so <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me when I when I first saw this. So this might be a good place to start. Mm. But the last time Phoebe we did a TV show, and I I can't remember what it was, but it involved a guy who had a clown thing. No, it was that movie, wasn't it? It was um, it was uh, uh we live in public, and like one of the side oh, yeah. things that guy did yeah. uh before that was he was a clown. He was, yeah. I'd actually forgotten that until until just that until just that minute. 
so in the universe of guys who had clown side gigs before you know pivoting uh, this is very much very much within that spirit um it's very much, it's very much in that in that genre do you want um, to talk to us about what like why you, why you thought this would be interesting to uh to, to discuss um well i um when you say i recommended it i I saw an advert for it and I thought it would be interesting to watch for the show. Uh, <laughs> don't I don't want it to sound like I'd watched it and uh, and thought it. Um, Phoebe thought loves it this. This is her favorite it. documentary ever <laughs> made. Um, I think it's it's interesting to uh, to bring up We Live in Public alongside it because uh, I think We Live in Public was a really really interesting, what flawed piece of filmmaking, and this is very uh, suggestive of the current moment where documentaries are basically not really any good anymore uh, and this is partly because they've become such um, such a lucrative commercial endeavor Ooh. so it makes it makes sense for documentary makers to uh, well to make a three-part series that could have been a 90 minute 90 minute story. Yeah. Uh, this this does not this does not need to be this does not need to be three episodes and this does and this does lead to quite a lot of drawing out and padding yes. and uh, I suppose I'd call it artificial portentousness. Yeah, was was this a uh, this story the original story that this documentary is based on about these people who are basically suckered into moving to London uh, to be on a reality show that didn't actually exist. Yeah. Was this a high profile story at that time or not really? I am so happy that you asked because I can because I can answer it for you. No. No, yeah. it wasn't. It, okay, I didn't it, think so. It wasn't. It didn't I, seem like it. Yeah. It, it, because because it, there, there was a period of time when there were more than one of these scams. And the one that I do remember, which was a few years later, which was the fake space travel one. Oh. Where they got a bunch of people saying, "Oh, well, we're, you know, you're going to be selected to get sent into space," and then they like kind of kept them in a weird room, right, and right. it was all a hoax. I remember people, that people people got really mad because they were like showing them like a screen that mm. was showing projections of the stars and being like, "You're in space now." Uh, yeah, right? it was. Yeah, so that so that one so that one was pretty fucked up. Yeah. Now, um, when this um, when this when this allegedly happened, two thousand two. Um, I was I was a teenager. I was pretty aware of what was going on in both the world more broadly and and in pop culture. And this is genuinely the first I've ever heard of this. Mm. First I've ever heard of this story. And what I found so discombobulating, particularly with the first episode, is that they do this kind of stitch together early millennium kind of package mm -hmm. yeah um so they show like uh so they show like kind of blair getting out of a plane and waving um and there's lots and lots and lots of discussion of big brother and survivor and there's quite a lot of um and there's quite a lot of footage uh taken from taken from both of those shows and kind of stitched into stitched into this show and how how it's how it's done is they introduce us to the characters kind of one sort of one by one, um, and we get a little bit of their life story. But unfortunately, what is actually interesting about about this whole period of time, which was this new interest in uh, well, in in a life lived in public, this new mm. interest in treating people's 
daily behavior as a, as a kind of, not just as an entertainment, but something which is sort of anybody else's, which is sort of anybody else's business. Mm-hmm. And it was an interesting time because this was when they were still claiming that Big Brother was a social experiment. Right. And I remember the first series. Yeah, for the culture, you know, we, <laughs> culture, we, we, we yeah. need to do this we need, for the culture. We need to do this. So I remember the first series and it was really, really dull because these were just ordinary people right. living their lives. And that's, that's boring. That's right. not an interesting, that's not an interesting thing uh, to watch. And even the, even the conflict from the first series of Big Brother, which was Nasty Nick. But um, presumably, Josh, you're not familiar with. <laughs> I can't say I'm familiar with you're Nasty Nick with or nasty his na- Nick. what I'm assuming are nasty deeds. His, nas- his nasty deeds. The, th- the thing his about nasty, nasty ways. Nick, like if you like compare Nasty Nick uh-huh. with um, what is thought to be just like a completely normal aspect of. Uh, Hussein is over here now. googling uh, nasty Nick. Uh, <laughs> na- nasty Nick now. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Okay. Well, I'm really glad that I'm really glad that everyone's come so prepared. He wrote, he wrote a book called Nasty Nick: How to Be a Right Bastard. <laughs> yeah. So, Nasty Nick. It's so like honestly, it's like it's so like innocent and quaint. Mm-hmm. Really, what Nasty Nick did, what he did was he tried to. Um, he tried to kind of sow discord in the house and he told people that people were talking about them behind their backs sure. and then he'd sort of go like he was just he was just you know kind of stirring things up and, and sort of thinking well we've got to make this a bit more interesting but he got he got expelled from the house because he was caught writing the names of people who he wanted like who he wanted um, other people to vote for in the evictions on like little bits of paper and like passing them around. He was like trying to kind of set up a kind of voting block situation. <laughs> got it. And, okay. And he got and he and he got <laughs> chucked out for it and he was like vilified and he was okay. hounded by the tabloids. But this is so interesting, right? Because it's like, you know, I've watched some reality TV at this point and and by the standards of what would come next, that's not nasty at all. That's just playing that's the just game. Playing the game. Play normal Nick now. He would be called that. I call him that. Normal Nick. They should have called him <laughs> regular right. Nick. That's right. <laughs> nice Nick, even. Yeah, yeah. Even. <laughs> even. Yeah. I mean, compared to like, compared to what some reality TV. Normative says, Nick. Like, normative nominal Nick. Nick. I could do this all day. Yeah. So, so that, so that was what, so that was what was going on <laughs> in the in the first series of Big Brother, and there was also Survivor, which again had much more, had like was much more uh, reasonably described as a social experiment, where they sent people to live on a desert island, and they right. had to kind of, you know, and they had to kind of survive on this desert island. Um, and even though some of the contestants in the first series of Big Brother did get did turn that into media careers it wasn't seen as a kind of as a kind of necessary step on your cv the uh, if you wanted to become a famous person or a media or a media personality it didn't have the producers allegedly we don't know if this is true but the story was that from series kind of three or four onwards um the producers would allegedly supply them with um a lot more alcohol than 10 Mm. people sitting around a house doing nothing should really have access to and also allegedly coke and stuff to keep them like sober enough and also aggressive enough 
that they were going to be having kind of all these sort of blow ups. And if you watch some, and if you watch some of the some of these series, then it does it does make a, a, a lot of sense. And 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 with the and they started with the kind of with 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 the challenges that sort of made things. Um, sort of, sort of, kind of made things into a into a kind of breeding ground for conflict. But the first series, they did, they 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 sort of sat around, and they they sort of treated it like it was a like it was a school trip. They sort of mm. together and and sort of had conversations about their lives. Um, yeah, but, was, but, but that's not that's not what anybody wants to see. It's like, not. I, it's it, not what people. It's need, not what, as it turned out, this is not what this is not what people wanted. Yeah, to you need see. conflict, right? I mean, I um, yeah, there was very little conflict. Have either of you uh, heard of or seen the series Temptation Island? Yes, mm, I, I, I saw like not, a, I no. saw like a bit of it, and yeah. then I just thought, no, I don't want to watch this. Oh, this is, that's this the difference between you and me. Uh, <laughs> The, like that is a great example, I think, of a show that takes it to the exact opposite extreme, right? Where the, the the format of the show, the concept is like you have these couples, right? And all these couples are basically on the rocks. And the way that they are going to save their relationship is by being put on an island where they are surrounded with hot, sexy singles who are trying to seduce them. The the couples are split, right? The the men go onto one island, the women go onto the other island. And you were saying alleged alcohol. There's nothing alleged about the amount of alcohol that they are drinking no, in this fucking show. Type. It was it no, was, no, <laughs> right? But they because realizing yes that like to get people to act in extreme ways, you need to get them into an extreme place. And there are ways that you can do that. There are ways that you can do that emotionally. There are ways mm. that you can do that physically. That's what the drama requires. And I think what was interesting about watching this documentary is that there was nothing extreme about it. It was just mm. normal guys mm. doing normal things, being also manipulated by a guy who, well, this guy is not normal. And we will talk about him later. <laughs> we will. Um, we will. We will. We will. We will talk. He's, about, he's we will no talk normal about Nick. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. He's, 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 no normal he's like, Nick. yeah, he's real like sicko Nick. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah, he's yeah, he's he is. He is indeed sicko Nick. Um, yeah, it's a it, it is a kind of interesting. It's an interesting aspect of it because what they wanted to what they wanted to kind of achieve with this first episode is to is to kind of ratchet up the tension and um and also put in this kind of context about why people would possibly kind of would possibly kind of fall for this right. scam and they also i think wanted to kind of do some sort of commentary about what people found attractive about the idea of um becoming a reality star particularly since this was also in the what late sort of late 90s early aughts this is early internet time uh for the fir- for the first time, uh, clips of stuff that had been on TV could be widely shared and widely distributed. Uh, this is the this is the sort of the time period where, well, you know, today's today's kind of scandal is yesterday's chip paper stopped being a legitimate way of comforting people who kind of came to the attention, right? Particularly of the particularly of the tabloids, mm-hmm. and. That had uh, and that had a significant effect on how people uh, on how people viewed celebrity and how people viewed what constituted a public figure and what was deemed to be an acceptable level of interference and surveillance of other people's lives. Well, it also coincided with um, 
there's been that uh, at like at that like at that time there had been um there had been a sort of a significant uh, sort of I say significant small but small but vocal um amount of uh resistance against not just state surveillance but private company surveillance right. that kind of you know with private companies acting like acting like states and that had been that had been the case that had been the case for a while but it really really ratcheted up um in uh in the late night in the late 90s and the early noughts um it also remember is it's the year after the year after 9-11 right so we've got so we've got the war on terror and the just general just general cultural feeling the cultural weather is saying that an individual's privacy is no longer the salient and central part of the culture well and i feel like this is something too that found different expressions on either side of the pond right where you have a surveillance culture on both sides and you know i american surveillance culture is one thing and of course there was cbs's version of big brother which was from what I've seen, I was not a Big Brother fan back in the day. Never really have been into that particular format. But like the way that it expressed itself, I think on the American side was more to do with uh, the things people were talking about, at least, were the things like, you know, the scanners that you'd see at the airports and those sorts mm-hmm. of things. Whereas I know on the British side, it was a lot more things to do with CCTV yes. and the, the massive rollout of these very complex CCTV networks, which just couldn't be deployed at scale in the United States in the same way because the country is just too fucking big. Mm. Yeah, that yeah, that was the that was that's that's completely right that it was centered around CCTV. Yeah. Um, and also it was the first time that sort of relatively ordinary people were aware of the, of the kind of, of the kind of enhanced possibilities of, of, of surveillance. I mean, if you happened to be an activist of, um, any, uh, any kind of left-wing or even kind of liberal persuasion, uh, this was not new information to you at all, um, because it was uh, it was pretty well known that more or less every group was um, was at least watched, if not infiltrated, by by the cops, um, which has obviously been uh, revealed to be not just true but extremely and horrifyingly true over the last over the last few years with the spy cops investigations. But it was it was it. I mean, it like it was a it was a known thing. Um, both of my both of my parents were. Um, mm. were activists in different in different ways and they both had to be extremely um extremely careful one way or another they had to use assumed names um they couldn't let uh, they couldn't let any of their um like any of their kind of organizing buddies like know where they know where mm. they lived like just in like just in case there was a whole there was a whole uh business um because my uh, my my father was um, involved in the campaign for nuclear disarmament, and um, he went to and he went to a march with his face uncovered, and there was a picture of him on the front page of Telegraph. Oh wow! And his parents were horrified that this was going mm. to that this was going to kind of this was going to ruin his ruin his life because he was uh, well, he was in his early 20s at the time Jeez. um it didn't as it as, as as it happens but that's just because but he really did just get he really did just get lucky on that on that on that front um but it it had kind of entered the it had entered the consciousness and the 
And the idea was was that instead of uh, having these discussions in terms of uh, in terms of personal liberty, in terms of political freedom, the insistence was to see things uh, to see things as uh, as tension between personal personal privacy and uh, and state security. So even though uh, government surveillance and a reality show, show like Big Brother are not strictly connected they are they are like they're the kind of the different they're the different wings of a particular of a t- of a particular moment in the UK so one is the is the culture moment and the other is the political moment and like all of the branding around big brother was like very like deliberately kind of playing on playing on that kind of uh, kind of uh, new uh, sort of new frame of frame of discourse. So like the like so like the logo was the big eye right. and like the and the um it was called Big Brother in the first place. Uh it had the um what are they called? Like the kind of the opening credits was like a kind of was was like a kind of sort of like flashing light package mm-hmm. of 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 kind of of kind of perimeter fences and you know and kind of cameras kind of flashing well, everywhere and you're being watched you're being watched it's it's coupling that with the prurient interest right it's yes. this idea of like well you've always wanted to be a voyeur right well this is your opportunity mm. and um presenting that in a very like you're saying like a, it's, it's it's saucy right there there's this this idea of like ooh. I might get the chance to see something that I've always wanted to see, like a boob or something like <laughs> the that. The British one was so unsaucy as well. Like even when the contestants actually do start, like yeah. actually do start sleeping together, all you like all you see is them like kind of like kind of sort of prodding each other like under a duvet, which yeah, is no apparently very very different from the <laughs> from the European <laughs> versions of it. Uh, yeah. So and it was and it was a uh, and it was a cultural event and it was a social event and people talked about it and people gathered together to watch the evictions on on live TV and 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 so on and so forth. But the problem is is that this documentary wants to offer some kind of explanation mm-hmm. as to what the popularity of these series were, like was. Like what it like what it like what it meant what it what it what it implied like what like what does it mean to to want to do something like this what does it mean to be willing to to sort of submit yourself to the kind of to the scrutiny of not just the British public but also the British tabloids like what like what does that mean the documentary makers do not seem interested in answering that at all mm-hmm. um, so instead what they do is this. As I said, this kind of package put together of imagery from the early aughts, and then they sort of, and then they ask each of them, and again, it's very kind of expanded out and padded, and very kind of these people are going to say something like really like thought provoking <laughs> about like what attracted them to apply to be on this reality show. And every single one of them is just like. Well, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to be on the telly, didn't I? I? It's quite, like, a lot, well, quite a lot of prize money. Hundred thousand pounds is quite a lot of money. It's quite a lot of money, and it's like, yep. yeah, okay. Wait, is that is that it? That's, no, that's your it. That's, that's it. your that's your answer. Um, because I feel like we did not need half an hour of of kind of exposition yeah. in order to hear that people quite like the idea of making quite a lot of money for basically no work or effort. Um. 
Like that's like I, I'm not I'm not criticizing that as I I would I, I am if if someone if, so, if someone if someone said do you want a hundred grand no strings and you don't really have to do anything I know I'd have from, a dinner with Jay Z personally. Mm. That's true. I would. I would, mm. I would. Yeah, because then he'd be able to tell me how to turn my hundred thousand. He would mentor you. <laughs> that, yeah. that would have made a good reality show. I. I, mean, I kind of thought that point was show. interesting. I think that's the point is, is it doesn't warrant like half. It didn't warrant the build up to it. Um, you know, but I do think it's sort of interesting. And again, I I never really watched reality TV shows when I was younger, so I don't know if I was wrong about. I, I'm wrong okay, about. I was. This. I was going to ask you that if if those shows were at all in your real house or no. I grew up in a religious household, so I didn't actually have a TV oh, until okay. I was like in it, my mid teens. And neither did I. Um, How about that? Uh, so this is very much based on conversations that I my friends were having, but also like you know conversations that customers who would come to my parents shop because you know they would talk about reality tv when they would sort of come in in the morning mm. so that was how i sort of learned these things sure but my impression was that the when reality tv shows were sort of becoming popular <clears throat> in the 2000s you know the main the, the the main reason you'd sort of go on would be because you wanted the money right like all these sort of other aspects like I, I i watch some reality tv now because like you know my wife and i en- enjoy watching it every so often um and you know it's very evident and also when we've talked about reality some reality tv shows on the show like it's very evident that the money is almost secondary to the contestants right because they kind of know that like being here is part of this like much broader trajectory that maybe ends with like either getting your own show or at least getting like a contract with you know a pretty little thing or some like some sort of fashion like yeah there, fashion there, there, there's the potential of a platform there right? right like you can leverage this appearance into your own brand or your own social media so, channels yeah. or whatever so, but so that's it, so it is quite interesting to sort of look back on this period and see like oh okay so these guys actually just did it because they wanted the hundred grand and that was that was kind of it well but, but, but also I'm, to but be on yeah, television and to be on, and to be on tv but and that's and that is the interesting thing in and of itself none of them saw it as a as a way of being on TV in the future, it's it was the idea of being yeah. on TV is right is now. The goal right now is the yeah. goal in and of itself, and um, this does and this do, and this does and this does come up. Um, but again, I think it's something which which is sort of quite an interesting was quite an interesting phenomenon, which was there was a there was a TV show in the early in the early to mid nineties called The Word, which was a kind of um, which was a kind of it was like a mag it was like a magazine show but like it was it was the like the kind of the cornerstone of what was called youth programming and it was um, the subject Is it about of, the uh, the word of the Lord thanks be to God uh, yes but not at first admittedly <laughs> not at, <laughs> admittedly not admittedly not at first uh, and it was and it was the subject of like a lot of um, a lot of kind of uh, satire and joking around in other shows of the time. There are loads of jokes about the word on on Absolutely Fabulous. Mm. There are Wait, jokes. Eight oh eight state did the theme song for this. Sorry, I'm just I'm looking up this show now. It, yeah, 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 yeah. It was a it was it was a it was a really really weird program. It had this kind of like sort of had this live audience and it had these like these like sort of aw- these sort of horrible obnoxious presenters um, kind of hollering and shrieking and it was. And it like and it was really 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 brightly colored. It was like like not like 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 torture is too strong, but definitely softening you up mm-hmm. for something. It was like it was a really 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 stressful thing to watch the word, and nobody knew who who it was for really because like actual <laughs> young people weren't weren't watching it. It was Pete. It was kind of 
people who were the sort of same age and demographic as the producers just being like, yeah, this is what young people want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perverts. Um, <laughs> yeah, basically, basically, perf- basically perverts. And there was a segment on the word called I would do anything to get on TV. And it would, and, and in order to be part of this segment, you would allow yourself to be filmed uh, doing disgusting or degrading things. And then at the end, you say, I would do anything to get on TV. It's like, like a little catchphrase. And there is absolutely, in this, in this series, there is no interest whatsoever into in digging into what the idea of being on TV is to these people yeah. and why it's so resonant and why why they why they want to why that's a kind of why that's their not just their not just their dream but that's but that's their goal in and of itself i want to be on this reality show because i want to be on tv why do you want to be on tv because i want because to be I'm on, on TV. tv right right because it, then it, i'm on tv what, what they the, the clips they do show a couple clips of the i'll do anything to be on television stuff in this and I think it's in this first episode, isn't it? That they have yeah, those I clips. Th- I, I think. I think those it is. clips are fucking harrowing. They're just awful. You're telling me that this was like a recurring segment, and people would regularly do things like lick dandruff off of a, an elderly man's shoulder. Yes, it was a really weird time. In, in the, <laughs> I mean, I guess truly this was a strange time. This was. I a guess strange I can't time. like be too much up on my high horse because we definitely like uh, you know there there was there was some shock stuff on on like MTV and that sort of thing as well. It, it was just there is the there was something so upsetting about seeing those moments and another man like makes out with a fish. The yep. fish is is no <laughs> longer alive. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it would be more upsetting if the fish was alive or not, actually. What do we think? I mean, if it was alive, it'd be dead fairly soon. So I feel like kissing a dying fish yeah. would probably be worse than kissing a dead what fish. What if you're underwater with the fish? Logistically, I think that would be difficult. Well, you just need a little more imagination. Yeah, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just sure. saying logistically, it'd be difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so, I, think, I think the dead fish is just about worse, to be honest with you. So I, I was just thinking, like, maybe we could, th- this is a new audio-only segment that we can introduce to 10K posts in which we, we make out with fish underwater. It's going to be, it's going to work really well in yeah, an audio-only format. <laughs> yeah, well, look, if you're willing to pay, what what's it, like, for, for like, what, what's, the right, what's the right Patreon tier, like, mm. 50, 50 bucks? Oh, I'm thinking 100. Uh, yeah, that's true. May, I'm being a bit, little bit less ambitious. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is not happening. You don't, don't, don't lowball us. <laughs> <laughs> This is why I'm so bad at negotiation. Uh, yeah, you can't negotiate negotiate against yourself on the <laughs> making out with a fish front, I think. Um, yeah, so there is, I think, something interesting to be got out of the wish to just be on TV. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what you're on TV for. This uh, The segment in the word is about, is about what kind of like sort of half a decade, um, half a decade before the events of this of this show and only two of them well one of them wants to be in wants to be an actress but just being on tv does not make you make you an actress it that's a it's sort of a kind of sort of daft fantasy um that you're going to be kind of spotted on this reality tv show i mean we should talk about these people right because this is this is gonna sound mean but it's true like none of them are the brightest bulb in the drawer right like, mm. you know, they, they, they're they're all sort of driven more by fantasy than practical 
anything, mm. um, which which is which explains then why this is the kind of person who would see a, a small classified listing in the newspaper saying like, "Come be on my extremely real reality television show," <laughs> which is real, a, and, which is real by the way, and get a hundred thousand dollars or a hundred thousand pounds. Like that. That's not. That's not anything. And there, there's something about the way that these people are presented up front where we're supposed to be like, well, how how were they taken advantage of in this way? This was so they they fell a victim to such a complex and such difficult a scheme. scheme. And it's like, no, <laughs> it is worth pointing out at this point that we never find out what the scheme is. Right. Yeah, they, we, they, they li- yeah. we literally never find out what the scheme is, this, or even, or this even is a problem. if it was a scheme. If right. it, even if it well, was this is the thing, really so while, a scheme. Yeah, because while you were talking, I was sort of looking because I, I, it kind of felt, it kind of like came to me, but like I don't actually know what the scam was. No, there's not really like a financial incentive. You sort of. Um, you know, before we get into the contestants, like it might be worth talking about uh talking about uh the real nasty Nick or what what was the name we gave him? Uh oh uh, uh well, well this this Nick we're talking about yeah. the 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 Nick of uh Nick, Nick, Nick Russian. That, yeah, Nick what? Russian. Um <laughs> Chaos Nick? Chaos Nikita Russian. Nikita Russian. Yeah, Nick Nick Russian, Nikita Russian. And again, I don't want to uh impugn these these people oh but i if, do but if somebody said right okay so i've put like, like you said josh it is really important that this was a little advert in, mm-hmm. the, paper, in the paper kind of we're in talking amongst. like maybe two column inches like yeah actual column inches back when they had those you remember those who said yeah but, but yeah but i imagine they're also like quite expensive so i don't know it may it kind of makes sense and the advert sort of says something like we're looking for uh lively interesting people to take part in a kind of reality tv show project and it feels like quite a lot of the next parts were made up by the contestants yes sort of, sort of personal sympathetic imagination yes, so one of them, yeah yeah so one of them says i um i broke up my relationship to come on this show and i was watching her thinking no one made you do that, though, did they? Right, that's right, not, right. That, that was not that was not an aspect of it. The only thing that they get told that they have to do is that they have to commit to a year. And because of the story that they're trying to tell us, a story which I find quite unconvincing, actually, mm-hmm. um, is that these were people who were um, who were vulnerable people. Um, and I honestly, I don't think that wanting to be on TV counts as an access of vulnerability. I, I, I'm afraid I don't. I don't think that that's. I, I don't find it a particularly sympathetic thing. To yeah, want. no. It, 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 yourself to be honest with you, I certainly don't find it a relatable thing to want. I mean, I, I find it a little bit relatable. Um, <laughs> but I also, I, I, I think that every American on some level wants to be on TV. Like, I think that's just a piece of like how we are as a culture mm. um, that there is a certain uh, will to celebrity that doesn't maybe exist uh, in other countries in the same way. Um, and and I'd, I'd be interested at some point maybe to unpack as well the differences between American TV culture and British TV culture and the way mm. that we like interact with those things as, you know, bystanders, because um, I think there's a lot to be said there. 
but I think that j- just to get back to what you were saying specifically, Phoebe, about the questions around, OK, what were these people actually made to do to the extent that they were made to do anything? Is there anything that gnarly Nick, let's call him that gnarly, uh, Nick, gnarly yeah. Nick, uh, the, the guy who like orchestrated this idea of like, we're going to do a reality TV show where people are made to come on and earn money as part of the show. So to what extent was this explained to them ahead of time? That's it, that's a question well, that is not really addressed. It they what they seem to what they seem to suggest is that this was not explained to them ahead of right. time, and they're all um, and they're all kind of preparing to kind of do a, a sort of go on a kind of adventure. They all think it's going right. to be like Survivor. They think it's going to be more like Survivor than than, than Big Brother, and in, but in fact they keep making comparisons. They so compare they, it, which is so, so they, funny because so they the, keep saying they have. They have a jacuzzi on Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, we had to go get the ingredients to bake a cake like they do on Survivor. <laughs> like, what What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so they, um, so they kind of pack themselves, they pack themselves up and they, um, and they sort of show up to where they get told to show up to and um it's just a random back garden dalston which i think is very a, funny it's just, a, it's just a random garden and it's being and uh and it's all being filmed the reason we have this footage is that um is that tim one of them who is the clown and we yes. get to see quite a lot of um quite a lot of footage of tim's clowning and he is the one he's the one who really really wants to be on tv yeah yeah, yeah. We, we 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 need to talk about tim we do, um, we, we do need to talk about tim they they show his at the time he said he was 37 and they show his the flat that he was living in as a part-time clown and clown called skinny bean a clown called skinny bean i hate that and it and he talks a bit about how his clowning is is quite is quite kind of you know it's quite rude and quite X-ray. Yeah, it's 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 really something else. Um, and and later on we see this. Uh, he drops a plate. Uh, that that's you know it, not every clown can drop a plate. Mm. You not know every, that that no. that takes Tim's level of clownery yeah, yeah, to yeah. really. You have to you have to go to school for a long time to learn how to drop a plate <laughs> like that. I think. Um, but it also it show it shows him bothering members of the public and. Um, what he would like to do is it, it becomes apparent is that he wants to bother the public at scale. I'm looking. And- I'm looking at the <laughs> clip right now. Hussein is playing it on 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 his end, and yeah, he like walks up to a car and just like s- starts smacking on the hood. Um, yeah. he's well now. Now he's uh sucking down a pole. Um, th- I think the thing that's funny to me about Tim is that he has this rhetorical grandiosity. Like he's so pompous, right? Every pompous. time he talks, there's this absolute unearned like confidence. He truly believes that he, at least based on what I've seen, he seems to believe that nobody is as interesting or as complicated as him. Yep. That he is privy to a rich internal life that nobody else can ever understand. And this is what's so interesting, and what uh, and what a more skilled team of documentarians would have been able to pick out, which is that if you only consume the lives of others through reality TV, you would form the impression that you were the only person with a rich and complex inner right. life. But they don't 
really, they don't really go into that. And he does absolutely seem to be under the impression that were it not for this um, appalling scam um, executed on him, he would be famous. Oh, and yeah. He was famous, but important as yes. well. And and the, the, the flip side of that is that without the world historical documentary footage that he captured during this time on his own camera, yeah. uh, the world would have missed out on the most important story ever told, right? Yeah. That, yeah, that's definitely that's definitely that's definitely a kind of an an, an element of it. Um, and he sort of says, you know, and I realised that I was the one who had to document this. <laughs> yeah, okay, pal. Okay, pal. All right. Um, but it show it shows them me it shows them meeting in a park, and um, just just to, just re- just really quickly, I actually dis- I actually disagree with you, Josh, on the on the people in the UK don't want to be famous front because I mm. don't think that's I don't think that's true at all. I mm. think that that's like that's certainly like a kind of noticeable phenomenon that people that people want to be famous because they think it because they think it's a kind of route to not having to struggle. Right. Um which is obviously obviously not the case as is well as is um very apparent from the very sad stories about quite a lot of people who even do quite well on yeah. through through reality programming it was a it was an absolute particularly in the early in the early in the early aughts it was an absolute meat grinder of uh of the working class in this country yeah I- and it was presented as a as a uh as a shortcut not that it ever was but it was presented as a way for uh, working class people to make something of their of their lives. People who otherwise didn't have a, people who otherwise didn't have a chance, um, but they were given a chance. And this was like this was a nonsense. This was a fiction. But what I found interesting about this group of people is that that is that is not what they were. There are no um, there are no Cher uh, Lloyds or Jade Goodies among this group of people they all have reasonably all right certainly perfectly all right paid job mm-hmm. which kind of undermines a little bit the i gave up my job for you i had nothing yeah but you're going to get another job at the end like it's not like you've it's not like you've kind of walked out halfway through a precaritized shift and you will find difficulty finding similar work again like that's not that's not what the situation is at all and again it's that they're trying to kind of sort of ramp it sort of ramp up the drama uh on on this front and one of them does say that she wants to be a tv presenter and she decided that she wanted to quit her job and be a tv presenter and it shows her doing her kind of tv presenter sort of stuff and it's very very early aughts in its kind of um, mm aesthetics in the way that she speaks in the way that she presents and also and this is really really important not one of these people has even a lick of charisma if this show had gone ahead they wouldn't have been made famous out of it anyway because no but they're a species i'd say yeah they definitely don't have the thing that would cause them to be breakout stars in any way shape or form they're not remarkable in that way what they are, though, I th- I would argue is they are different enough from each other mm. that if they were in a reality show together, they would complete a cast. You know what yeah, I mean? Like that's true. 
they didn't just get a whole bunch of the same guy. Uh, there is only one Tim, for better or for worse. For better or for worse, there really is only one Tim. Yeah, no, no, no. That um, point point taken on that on on that front. Uh, and uh, yeah, so they go to the so they go to this garden, um, and um, one of them has been told that she is the team team leader, um, and she sort of opens up this uh, opens up this kind of sort of envelope, and what it says in the envelope is, uh, "You have a year." between you to make a million pounds so each you have to make a hundred pounds <laughs> it's so good it's like what it, 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 and everybody's like and we knew right then that everything had changed it's like what are you talking about <laughs> you can leave at any time yeah and uh at one point that there is a sort of vague mention of uh, of a contract that they signed right a very very vague mention um, copies of which nobody can produce. Copies of which nobody can produce, and also very, very apparently would not be even remotely no. binding. Not no. even like, not even like a tiny bit. There is no way that th- that a contract signed with this man would would hold up would hold up in a court of law. But he is a very unconvincing villain, and we'll go into we'll go into <laughs> Nikita Russian more in the next. In the in the next episode, because there's there's much more about about this about this about this character, um, and I just if somebody told you that your, their name was Nikita Russian and they <laughs> were a TV producer and they were going to make you a star, and you buy it, I don't want to be unsympathetic. Of course, I don't. However, <laughs> it's not. It's not without its fairly obvious holes, right? Shall we say? Mm. And it's not without uh, some po- real possibility for questions, which apparently none of them, none of them thought to ask. And it shows them going, "Oh, so we have to earn our prize money? Oh, that that's not really what I thought this would be. Um, is he going to pay for our um, food and accommodation? Um, oh." No, that's not not really clear either. Um, and I can't. I, I I was sort of watching it, being like, "Well, why why didn't you leave? Right? Why why didn't you say? Oh, well, okay, fine. I've I've been made to look like an idiot here, I, but, but fuck this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, going, I'm so going home. I was watching this, and I was like, "Is there something that is culturally being lost in translation here for me? Is like, is this is this something uniquely British? Where it's no, like, well, we're yeah. already here. I guess we have to stay oh, maybe, here. Maybe that's the case. My I, fi- I, yeah, I do on. wonder whether that whether that's like sort of it, or even not like that. There is this essential British character of this is such an awkward situation. It's so embarrassing right. to go home and say ah so um turns out i'm not going to be on tv after all and it's sort of embarrassing to be the first one who say well i'm not doing this fuck this i'm going right. home because obviously the american pro- approach would be like yeah uh fuck you i'm going home and also two weeks later you know here's your papers you've been served you know yeah. like the, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm because I, I will be i will be suing you right um it's true. It's true that that would that would probably not not happen because um, of the kind of differences in kind of litigation culture. I, I, I mean, I kind of wondered, and I don't know whether this is me being naive, but I wondered whether, like, it's just the idea that because there were there were like there was a guy with a camera, right? Right. And there was, and from what I've read, uh, as well, like N- 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 Nikita Russian, gnarly neck, yeah. gnarly neck, 
did like hire because like a lot of the people who were part of this sort of TV crew were just like his friends that he had at uni. Oh, so you um, you haven't gotten to the episode yet where they show the guy who was behind that camera. Yeah. No. Okay. So don't, <laughs> yeah, so don't, so don't, so don't ruin that for me. Oh, because Hussein, there's there's. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Oh, I'm my excited. friend. My okay, friend. So bearing in mind what I don't know right now, but what you both seem to know, my my impression when I watched the first episode was that. If you if if you're in the early 2000s and at this time like okay you have like people with camcorders I guess right but you don't really have people with like anything other than sort of those like sort of big like TV camera or like the sort of like bigger TV cameras are less common and you know less about them and so I wonder whether actually you could convince someone especially someone who already is kind of approaching this in terms of I would like to be on TV and okay, this feels a bit weird, but there is a TV camera here and there is kind of a crew here. So maybe something's going to happen. And, I mean, it does, it, yeah. does, it does say even in the first episode that um, all of the footage is from Tim. Yeah. But well, I mean, it's not, it's, 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 it's not to say that the camera, with- it, well, it's not to say the big cameras are working, but there was, a, from what I've read, like, and from what I understand of the first episode, there was like, Nikita Russian did hide, like Nick, uh, Nolly Nick did have a guy <laughs> with a TV camera. Whether that TV camera worked or not is yeah, a different Yeah, no, I question. think you need to see I think you need to see okay. Dave the cameraman before you do. You, you, re- you, you really before do. Before you make it, before you <laughs> yeah, make what, any. What, what, watch my uh, watch, watch my ass get owned on on the on the on the, on the Patreon. No, that's episode. gonna be that's gonna be a real bonus. Uh, that is that is again uh, five dollars <laughs> per month on patreoncom slash What is it? Uh, 10k post podcast. You are uh, losing money not signing up for that bonus. That I'm telling true. you. I that think that true. I think that's I think that's potential. I think that's potentially true. It because it's it sort they all because none of them seem to want to be the first person who says oh, no. This is um, yeah, like come on. Okay, we've we've we we got did. I think it's less that they find it awkward or less that they're trying to be polite and more that none of them want to admit that they have been had. Yes, yes. Which which th- that's an interesting piece too, right? Because this is I, I feel like when I come on this show, we end up talking about what are essentially cons. Right. Mm. It, we, 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 we talked about this a little bit with with Hillsong, where there were many aspects of Hillsong that were just straight up a con yeah. where you were being roped in in one way. And then once you were in, you were made to do things that you otherwise would not have done because the you had, you know, that that you were giving confidence to that institution. And I, I noticed that a couple times throughout where I was like, there is a lot to be said here, at least potentially, about the nature of a con and the kind of people who have just sort of the, 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 the gullibility and the credulousness that gets them drawn into a con. And what was so unfortunate was that rather than really trying to unpack what that was and what it looked like, we just kind of the, the, the directors mostly just took everybody's statements at face value rather than pressing them and being like, OK, well, what's actually going on here? Because if you just take their narratives at face value, they don't add up. They don't make sense. There are lies that are happening here. And maybe they are lies from uh, Gnarly Nick to the the cast members. Maybe some of them are the cast members lying to themselves. But this this is not this is not an honest accounting of what actually happened. You know? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like part of the reason that they're all still so keen to cast Nick cast Nikita Russian or um or Keith as his real name is. Um, oh yeah, that's right. We forgot <laughs> his, his name is actually Nick. No, his name is his name is his name is Keith. His name is uh, Keith. Yes. 
And they do have Tim saying, isn't the key a girl's name? It's like, okay, thank you, Tim. Uh, Thank you for that that intervention there. That was really valuable. Um, But um, they do say that, like, repeatedly, um, that, you know, how they got, how they got sort of, how they got tricked, how they got conned. And it is necessary, therefore, for them to build up this picture of Nikita Keith. Mm -hmm as this kind of charismatic Machiavellian figure. Right. And the documentary makers play this up with uh the with this it's a really, really bizarre stylistic decision with these photos and footage of um Keith as a young man mm-hmm. uh kind of glaring into the camera. Yeah, he's doing like with, a Heath Ledger Joker thing. Yeah, exactly. Well it, I mean at because at the time it would have been recognized as a kind of I guess as like a kind of Nick Cavey and Curtis sort of thing that he's that he's up to. He's got got a kind of leather jacket. He's kind mm-hmm. of, you know, looking he's sort of looking miserable. Um with this I can only describe it as like Ghostbustery music. <laughs> over it's a the little top. Harry Potter also. It's a little Harry Potter. It's a little bit. This is the guy. This is the one you want to watch out for. Look this out. is the fucking him. Him. He is. He's evil. Um, <laughs> uh, look at his leather jacket. Oh, look how he look how he's sort of smiling, but only with one side of his mouth. Ooh. Oh, that's because he's sick and twisted. Yeah. Ooh. Wait, he's like, he's like, you know, you know what it's like to be a sick and twisted kind of dude. Well, yeah, <laughs> he's just... a sick and twisted kind of dude, and and that is in order to make their error seem less embarrassing. Yes, and as we yes. meet, as we find out more about Keith, and as we meet Keith, it's very, very unconvincing. Oh, he it's is, like you got taken by this guy. By, by this guy, he is a very, very sad, troubled, pitiable, obviously not very well yes yes and i would be so much more interested in some in a critical look at the process of self-delusion that these people Mm -hmm. go through as opposed to focusing on him the one or him being the one who is the source of the delusion because he wasn't it's them it all comes it all comes from them and also they all still are simpering and wide-eyed at the idea of being on TV, mm-hmm. all of them, apart from, actually, no, apart from apart from one of them who is right. the one that seems normal. But that's why they're so excited to be doing this documentary too, yeah. right? It's like finally my story will be told. Finally, I Tim will be handing over my golden tapes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's what it's like. And again, we will go into this. We will go into this in a lot more detail as we mm. as we uh, talk about um, talk about episodes two and three. Uh, on the patreon so if you want to hear Mm. what actually happens next with this group of people and particularly with tim with our old buddy tim oh our old buddy tim our old buddy tim (laughs) we've got some more characters we've got uh we've got keith's dickhead school friend yeah (laughs) yeah that fucking guy that fucking guy (laughs) oh my Um, lord a little a little uh a little uh glimpse into what we can expect from keith's dickhead school friend who is just there to put the boot in that's the that's the only Mm -hmm. only reason that he's there um they obviously like looked around trying to find someone who could kind of comment on what keith was like as a young man and they and they've gone with this bloke who is just just unbelievably disloyal to his like to his old school friend and it 
And it transpires because this is a show about people who uh, want to uh, just uh, just want to find ways of attracting attention to themselves. And he says, "Oh well, because you know I was interested in a in a in the you know the world of showbiz as well because um, I was a I was a stand up comedian." Mm. And we see um, and we see a short clip of uh, Keith's dickhead friend from school doing stand up, and it's honestly I think it's much funnier than if we'd heard the rest of the rest of the joke because what what we see is him uh introducing a set being like okay so uh, here we are in chinatown and then it cuts yes out. it's so, not it's just a setup <laughs> there's no joke so we know that whatever it was he said next was so just bad. so heinously was just racist so awful that they couldn't that, but so this funny. is also the only footage that they had right. of him doing his right stand-up. right no, I, I love the idea of being like, the, the producer's like, hey, do you have any material? And he was like, yes, this is my best joke. <laughs> <laughs> and also being like, okay, so we do need to like, we do need to, we do need to like offer some proof that this guy was a right, stand-up right, comedian. Right, right, um, right. But we also can't include any of his material. So maybe just half a joke. And it's in maybe New York. It's a fucking, doesn't... it looks like a fucking bringer. So it's terrible. It, yeah, no, it, yeah. It, 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 we, we will meet many new guys. We will meet the, the strangest and most terrifying cameraman slash director I've ever seen in my life. Um, and, 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 and we will, we will, we will uh, do the work that the creators of this film were unwilling to do in analyzing what the fuck is up with these people. What the fuck is, well, what the fuck is up indeed with these well, people. Well, I think that's a great way to end this first segment. So yeah, uh, as we mentioned several times on the show, uh, subscribe to the Patreon to listen to the second half. Uh, of this episode uh if you are listening if you're like listening to this on a weekly basis number one thank you number two that's if uh, our analysis of uh, episodes two and three will be out on friday uh so so uh look forward to that um in the meantime thanks for listening to this episode we really appreciate it um Josh, do you want to do any plugs? Like, I mean, at this point, you probably are at least familiar with the podcast, The Worst of All Possible Worlds. But if not, it's the podcast that I co-host with two of my friends. Every week, we do a different case study in the pop culture of the dying empire. And uh, we have featured both of the delightful hosts of this very show on our show. It was fun. It was it, good. Listen we, to no, it. We had a great time. I remember it was it was it was Lad's night with you who said yeah. we were up at like one AM your time or some crazy shit. Yeah. Um and Phoebe, we obviously had a really <laughs> great time too, talking about episodes of this dog shit Christian radio drama for children. If that sounds at all interesting to you, uh, check us out. Worstpossible.world is our website. Patreon.com slash worst of all is our Patreon. Uh Phoebe, you do you have any plugs? Nah. Okay, well, we've got all the plug. We've got all Phoebe's plugs in the show notes. So do so do uh, do subscribe to those. Final thing, uh, there are links in the show notes to uh, aid appeals for uh, the current situation in Gaza. Please, uh, please do donate to them if you can. If you have a choice between subscribing to our Patreon and doing that, we would very much encourage you to uh, to do that instead. Um, but in the meantime, we oh no, one more plug. Uh, this show is produced by Devon. Follow them at Devon underscore on Earth. Listen to Kill James Bond if you don't already. It's a also another very very good podcast. Um, and so yeah, we'll catch you on the next one. Be it on the next free one or uh, because you love us so much and because you're intrigued about the whole fish thing uh, on the Patreon <laughs> on Friday. So we'll catch you then. Bye. Bye.